Your sensors are correct. Do not adjust your heading. Your heading. You've discovered the Omega Particle. Streaming to the Alpha Quadrant and beyond. 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 Here's your host. The anchorman of the Federation. The doctor of Dilithium. This is Jonathan Wiegand. Welcome to the show. We are streaming across the fruited plain that is known as the Alpha Quadrant. I am your host, and I welcome you to the program today. Your guiding beacon of light in this troubled time. My name is Jonathan Wiegand with Talent on Loan from God. We can officially say that not all podcasts can make it to their one-year anniversary, which ours was. Am I am I saying this right, Luna? It was last month, but we missed it because we were... That's right. We were in the thing. Do you want to say something to the folks? Because I know you've never talked. you want to say something? It's okay. She's shy. Don't worry about Luna. She will maybe get on the show one day. We are in 37 episodes, downloading from over 50 countries, over 40 states. I want you to know just how thankful and appreciative of every single listener out there. And I could not do this without you. And that's hearing your stories and (laughs) getting to interact with some of you guys. is so much fun and I absolutely love it. But at the same time, I love to podcast. And today's episode will blow your mind. It is amazing. Um, I know sometimes people always say like, oh, well, this influenced this, this changed the world. But you clicked on this episode because you were curious, my friend. And don't worry, I got you, baby. I mean, before we get into it, I want to go off in a little retrospect, just how crazy this past year has been. I know for me personally, I guess I started in my basement and then I moved out all over the house and to find that perfect studio. And then now um, we're back in the bunker. I've started a new job. I had a son. Talk about life changing. <laughs> life is just so good. So if there's any delay in the podcasting format, that is why. But I will promise you it is well worth the wait, as you will see. And just a little word of advice. Life is such a, it's a precious thing. And we must always hold on to it, especially in these times. I mean, we're just hopefully coming out of a pandemic, which I know if you haven't gotten vaccinated or sign up, please do. Um, they are safe. I don't care what uh, anybody says. They are safe. Maybe not the AstraZeneca one, but anyway, we're not going to get into that here. That's not why you came here, baby. You came here for that groundbreaking Star Trek, and that's what Papa John, the Dr. Dilithium, is going to give you because we have got a show for you today. Are you ready to roll? Let's roll that beautiful beam footage, Luna. Fun will now commence. Developing this entire episode I originally was going to do it kind of like that new Marvel show, like the what if, you know, like what if Picard really did become like a statistician and not a captain and and what if uh, Riker really actually sat in a chair normally. So, but I didn't want to go down that venue because I feel like it's been done and it's been hashed. And so I was like, what? I heard this story somewhere and it's just kind of a piece of knowledge I've known for a while. And I was like, that, my friend, is going to be my great new episode because you will be shocked. So, and, and it's kind of going off of the Paul Harvey kind of radio programs, uh, profiles and courage, the um, storytelling type of style. So it's going to be a little bit different, but it's also still going to be very interested. And don't worry, it does circle back to Trek and it does involve Trek. The whole concept is how do you get Voyager that will reshape American politics for all time? How does one UPN show 
transform American politics to this very day. Now, if you know, you know. And now you know, Mr. President. <laughs> Just kidding. You will like the research and the depth that kind of exposes. So it's going to be a little bit different. Just want to preface that. But it was a lot of fun to research. And I'm going to say this. You will know the rest of the story. Like I mentioned, how does Star Trek Voyager change the world forever? Not just in American politics, but the world. And the tale to me really enforces, it's important who you marry, folks. It's important who you marry. You may, you want to make sure you marry the right person in the right time, not to rush into it. Because this tale involves sex clubs, corporate payoffs, and one of pop culture's supernovas of the late 90s, early 2000s. So we start our tale in 1991 when Jerry Zimmerman marries a Goldman Sachs investor named Jack Ryan. And that is a real name. <laughs> it is not some Tom Cruise movie, which I think is a Tom Cruise movie, Luna. They marry in 1991 and they have a son together in 1994 named Alex. Shout out to my friend Alex, who probably never listens to this podcast because he does not like Star Trek. <laughs> but anyway, so this simple couple divorced in 1999. 1999 is significant because that was the height of Jerry Ryan's stardom. She starting to come on a Voyager. She's everywhere. I mean, she's on magazines. She's on talk shows. I mean, she's doing the circuit, you know. And she was the character or the person to save the show. The show's ratings were terrible. They were in the tank. And so they brought in this woman to be sexy and to wear skin tight clothes. And they're like, okay, that'll boost our ratings at the height of all of this. So she's Jerry Ryan's getting it from her coworkers and now she's getting it from her husband and they actually divorced in 1999. So, but they wanted, like I said, they wanted to keep it civil and they actually sealed all of the divorce records for both parties, which makes sense. He works at Goldman Sachs and it's a huge firm and, makes a lot of money and very, uh, very popular. And then also in the financial world. And then with her, of course, she's the face of Star Trek Voyager. But you know, the funny thing is though, after they get divorced, Jack Ryan retires from Goldman Sachs and it becomes a high school teacher who thought, and it's like, makes me think, well, maybe he didn't want the limelight and he didn't want the stardom or he was just being like overshadowed by a woman. And my friends, strong women are the best women. Just going to say that. So in April 15th of 2003, we see this guy, Fitzgerald, the senator, one term, decides not to run anymore. And so that creates this crazy chaos within this state that all of these Democrats, all of these Republicans start running because it's an open seat and that it matters. And everybody thought, oh, okay, this popular governor, this Republican governor, he'll probably run for the Senate seat. But nah, he kit, he's out. So no one has to worry about him. So now it's wide open with 15 candidates and there was seven millionaires in this race. And to date, this is one of the most expensive primary races in U.S. history. During the Republican primary, Jack Ryan is running and all of this stuff starts coming out about his um, divorce records that the Chicago Tribune, a couple of TV stations wanted to be like, hey, Prowl, what's in this? Why are you hiding this? Is it something we should know about? You're running for office. We have a right to know. But 
remember both Ryan and Jerry decide to keep it civil and not to make the divorce records public because they wanted to protect their son and et cetera, et cetera. So they eventually say, all right, all right, all right. We understand you're running for public office, which who, who knows, you know, like that's the nature of the beast. And so they release everything except the child custody cases. And they keep those sealed. And trust me, you'll know why. It's not as dark as you think. They need to do that. It might be harmful to both of them or harmful to their child. Everyone understands you don't mess with the kids. So Ryan actually went on to win the GOP primary race, and he was the main Republican candidate. So out of league of everybody else, he dominated his other GOP candidate by 12 percentage points. So he was absolutely rolling. So now we're getting into the summer, we're getting into the fall. So he actually starts falling behind in the polls because he has a scandal. We're not going to go into that. But the scandal is like him videotaping the opponent everywhere they go. And apparently that's common practice, which I had no idea, which is kind of creepy if you think about it. Common practice to, to videotape your opponent everywhere they go. But poop hits the literal fan coming up because as the campaign progressed, the Chicago Tribune brought a lawsuit against Jack Ryan to open the child custody files from the divorce. I mean, even the the Democrat people were like, oh, we're not going to comment. That's not right. It's something with the kids. Leave it alone. But however, in March of 2004, Los Angeles Sup- Superior Court, Robert Schneider, or as I like to call it, Rob Schneider, not the same guy, ruled that several of Ryan's divorce records should be open to the public and ruled that a court-appointed referee would later decide which custody files should remain sealed to protect the interests of Ryan's young child, Alex. Oh, boy. So that immediately flips, and Democrats smell blood in the water like, yeah, he should release them. They need to do this. Oh, no. So so in late June 2004, so this is literally like four and a half months till the election, you know, which is crazy amount of time. The Superior Court and the referee agree that certain files from the child custody case should be allowed to be released. Oh boy, (laughs) do we know why now they wanted to keep him silent? You ready for this? So Jerry Ryan alleged that Jack Ryan had wanted her to perform sexual acts with him in a public space and public sex clubs in New York City, New Orleans, and Paris. But Jerry Ryan said no sex occurred And uh, she even was described as saying that it was a bizarre club with cages, whips, and other apparatus hanging from the ceiling. And then, I mean, you can even make the argument, well, that sometimes people say crazy things in divorce, and maybe this is all hyperdash and over the top, and this is ridiculous, you know, kind of things. And, um, And even though, like, they're completely sensational nature, that the revelations foddered, I mean, it was just tabloid, the trashy stuff on TV just went outrageous with it. And because this is a huge deal because Ryan actually told the Republicans, there's nothing in these sealed files for you to worry about. There's nothing for us to get in front of. Don't worry about it. And then the GOP was like, bro, what happened? You lied to us. You pretty much lied to us at the beginning of this whole campaign. And so what did they do? The GOP said that, you know what? We don't want you anymore. You just need to sit out. So they forced him out. Ryan has to basically give up his candidacy. And this is four and a half months before the election. So all of this dishonesty by Ryan and he eventually, he 
pulls out three days after the files were made public, which is moving fast back in that time, 2003, 2004. He officially withdrawed at the end of July. So you have the Democrats without an opponent from like July 31st to November. No opponent. There's no campaigning, nothing you can do. This is the age before social media. It's pretty much a shoe in right? Um, I mean, it's still unprecedented in American politics for a newspaper, the Chicago Tribune, to sue for access to sealed custody documents. I mean, and just to make it, to put in perspective, in the 2004 presidential election, George Bush and John Kerry still had sealed divorce documents. Nobody opened them. They were fine. And nobody's been open like that since in American politics. So now that Ryan's out, who are they going to get to replace him in the GLP? So they pick some like random person named Alan Keyes. And the funny thing is he was, he was terrible. He lost several races in Maryland and he just had like no electoral momentum. How could he? He's campaigning at the end of July. The election's in a few months and you're already like so behind the ball. It's just kind of given up. This scandal has caused a domino effect that will reverberate throughout world history forever. And I'm not taking that lightly. (laughs) So the Democrat who won this Senate seat won with 70% of the vote. 70%. That's uh, that's crazy. Talk about landslide. So you could say, oh, it was a weak opponent, damages your GOP. Or you could say it was one of the most successful campaigns of all time. It's one of the greatest campaigners of all time. Now, you're probably wondering who that Democrat person was. Now, he did fail several times for that state uh, Senate seat, several times in the state of Illinois. He, I think it was twice. And so many people thought without this scandal, he probably might not have won. He would have been really challenged for Barack Hussein Obama to win the Illinois Senate seat in 2004. And there it is, my friends. There it is. Due to Jerry Ryan getting on Voyager, due to Jack Ryan being insecure and not having the limelight, led to a divorce, which led to a scandal, which led to a weakened GOP opponent, which led to Barack Obama winning the state Senate, which put him on a national scale, which then led him to becoming president of the United States twice in 2008 and 2012, which might even say proposed and alienated part of the group of the country, which helped propel Trump, which now has propelled Biden. (laughs) So the world was fundamentally changed due to these court records being reversed and revealed. Isn't that nuts? That is just so, to me, that's probably wild. Now, I do, I would say, yeah, maybe Barack Obama would have become president, maybe at some point, at some time, because he was still having trouble gaining traction in Illinois. So you could even make the argument, maybe at one time, but... I mean, the dominoes and the cards just fell right. So who knows? But it just goes to show you, man, the Borg remain all-powerful. Resistance is futile. <laughs> now, I just uh, I just thought that was such a wild story. And I've, no- I've always known that fact. But to actually dive deeper into it be like, no, like, I didn't know it was so late in the campaign. Could you imagine, like, pretty much four, three and a half, four months, end of July, boom. Scandal hits end of June, end of July, you drop out. They're bringing this new guy in August. What the crap? What are you going to do, man? So that's why 
I mean, some say that's why Barack Obama sailed to victory in Illinois. And Illinois wasn't always a Democrat state. It was Republican at one time. So just keep that in mind. So that's been today's episode. Thank you for listening. And Luna, let's wrap it up. So that that's a little fun, quick episode. Like, um, I like these little short stories, kind of split it up every now and then. I know sometimes we do species and we do planets, and I'm I'm even tempting to do one with the Dominion War because some people just have no idea what it is, <laughs> but it is very impactful in the Star Trek timeline, especially with Picard season two coming up. But um, overall, I just want to say thank you guys for listening so much. I appreciate it. And again, right now I'm in the middle of a book review. Some Somebody reached out to me and was like, hey, would you review the book and plug it and push it out? And of course I'm going to. Yeah, it's great so far. So I'm excited to to do that officially on the social media channels. And always feel free to reach out. We're on Instagram at Omega Particle Podcast and on Twitter at Omega Particle underscore. And yeah, I just want to say that I thank you all for so much for listening and tuning in. Um, again, we'll probably get more back into the traditional Star trek episodes, but for now, I thought this would be fun. It's kind of in the middle. There's no shows really going on, and it was a great way to um, to get back on the OPP. Love you guys, and thank you so much. And always remember, second star of the right, straight on to morning.